repent and believe in the gospel. If this week's gospel sounded familiar to you, it's understandable, because just last week we heard basically the same thing, except from the gospel of John. It's interesting to note the difference in accent, though, between these two accounts. John's gospel is all about abiding. It's about staying in the presence of Jesus, being drawn to him, being a true contemplative. Mark's gospel is about the same thing, but places the accent on repentance, metanoia, turning aside from what has kept you from being with God. So we hear the same message, but with two different aspects presented to us. So if last week was all about how we can turn to God, how we can be true contemplatives, staying with him, drawing to him, resting in him, this week emphasizes what's necessary in order to be able to do that. Repentance. And so we hear the account of Jonah. We hear from St. Paul, the time is near an end. And we hear this gospel where Christ himself calls us to repent. What does it mean to repent? And what are some of the important things we can take away from this week's gospel about repentance? The first thing is that it's not something we do of our own accord. It is a work of grace, a movement in us to turn us to God. We shouldn't separate out the message of abiding with John and the message of repentance with Mark. It's tempting and easy to think of repentance as something we've got to do ourselves in order to be ready for God to then work in us. Well, I can't pray yet. I still got all these sins. I can't advance in the spiritual life. Look at how attached I still am. I can't give myself more completely to God yet because look at how imperfect and unworthy I am. Welcome to the club. We have t-shirts. We are all unworthy. We are all sinners. If we relied on ourselves in order to be able to repent, good luck. The only way we can truly turn to the Lord, the only way we can repent of what's wrong and what's broken in us is by allowing God's grace to work. We can't order ourselves to God as our final end. We can't just choose of our own accord to make ourselves love God with all our hearts and all our minds and all our souls. It's only possible if God gives us the grace to do so. And then we respond to it. So it's important not to set up an unreasonable obstacle to God's grace by thinking that only once we have readied ourselves will God then work in us. The second thing is closely related. It's often our own nets that we get tangled up in. So we need to let them go. How does God turn you to himself? What is all of this about? Turning to God doesn't just mean no longer having infractions of a rule book. Look at what Christ says. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
Repentance is about fulfilling more perfectly our call to faith, our call to believe that God truly is who he says he is. The main obstacle, the main obstacle to true belief, the main obstacle to repenting on our part, is that we set up idols for ourselves. We can make other things our final end. It takes God's grace to have him be our final end, to truly give ourselves completely to him. It's striking that it was in the livelihood of the apostles that they had to let go. They had to leave their father in the boat with the hired men. This doesn't mean we should abandon our natural obligations apart from God's own call. But every one of us, every one of us is called to recognize the way in which it's often the things closest to us, the things we hold on to most tightly. In this case, the nets of their own livelihood that get us tangled up, that prevent us from believing that God is our only peace, that God will be our only satisfaction, that God will truly save us. Repentance, then, isn't just about moving away from some violations of the law. It leads us to the third thing, which is that repentance is about ongoing purification. A purification that we're called to by others whom God makes his instruments, even though they themselves must be purified in turn. Repentance is an ongoing action of conversion of life, allowing God's grace to gradually detach you from the things that you set up as your false satisfaction and moving us to God himself to put our faith and our hope in him, to love with his own love. And this doesn't happen with just one single moment. It's an action that continues through life. Consider the prophet Jonah. We only heard a short extract from that delightful book of the Old Testament today. But Jonah himself, the Lord's own prophet and instrument, needed to be continually purified of his own self-assertion, of his own unwillingness to do what God asked him. Jonah was an imperfect and rather farcical prophet in many ways. And yet we're all rather imperfect and sometimes farcical people. God works continually in us. It's why we have the grace of the sacraments wrought through unworthy priests. St. Thomas calls confession the sacrament of the second plank, a second chance to get aboard Christ's own boat, the bark of salvation. And it's striking, too, that the apostles themselves will ongoingly experience purification. As I'm getting closer to priestly ordination, I admit, Handel's Messiah, the, uh, the part of it which sings, and he shall purify, where he talks about purifying the sons of Levi, this takes on a slightly different hue. It's fine when you say, yes, Lord, purify, purify, purify those priests. 
when it goes to the first person, it's like, all right, Lord, let's do this gently. Let's do this gradually. Purify, 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 but let's not forget the balm of Gilead. (laughs) The truth is, we all need gradual purification, including Christ's own ministers. After all, I'm quoting Handel's Messiah, and last week you were hearing about David Haas. Mm. That is the difference between a secular priest and a Dominican preaching, I suppose. He sings to you from Oregon Catholic Press, and I'm bringing to you Handel's Messiah. (laughs) But, but, let's just remember the main point, which is that we always need to rely on God's grace to move us from attachment to the things of this world and to trust that God will suffice, that God will really work in our hearts, that God will give us that peace and that trust that we need in order to be able to love with his own love. Our purifications will come in all different parts of our lives. Our need to turn to him is constant. But it's always essential that we hear at this Mass, at every Mass, and every day, God's call, trust in me. Turn away from substitutes for me, because with Christ himself, we can be truly free. We can really have our hearts and minds set on what will give us lasting peace.